Hello and welcome to Caverns and Comedians. I'm Scott Thrower, the voice of Fook Wimbles, and welcome to our first journey into an actual cavern. The actual name of the si- of the entire show finally makes sense. Oh, I know. It's about time. About damn time. I mean, it's like Kyle hasn't planned this at all. Oh, where are the comedians? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Last time, after our party reached the end of the dungeon, instead of finding a lich and loot, they found a guardian barely keeping Mind Flayers at bay. Now they have entered the Mind Flayers lair to destroy a stone and trap them outside of our reality. You are in a dark cavernous area. The walls are cold to the touch. You can see very little in the distance. There's just a hallway that goes on and on. And you just heard screams of great pain that were quickly silenced. Uh, does anybody have that wand of um, prestidigitation? We're all covered in sticky goo. I'd like to get cleaned up. Well, I have one. I believe you do, too, actually. Oh, yes, I do, actually. The wand of cleaning we picked up at the pharmacy where Finnick got his uh, STD drugs. Why are you filling us in like that? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just reminding myself. I was for sure there. So is this everyone's first time off-world? Yes. At least for me. Well, be careful. Uh, they, they tend to have different customs. So wait, uh, we're in a different world? Oh, yes. Okay, I thought we uh, just like, I mean, it's like another plane of existence. Oh, so okay. it's like a sideways world. Mm. So be careful. There are different cultures. Uh, waving might mean something different here. Yeah. I mean, I've been to some like demi planes, like astral plane, stuff like that. Oh, so you're saying that anything that they do could just be a really nice form of communication. Yes, yeah. that screaming we heard might have been a hello. Oh. I somehow doubt that that's how it goes. I gotta cleanse yourself with a wand of prestidigitation or wand of cleaning or whatever. Well, I'm going to approach everything with an open, positive mind. Yeah, you do that. You go first. You can be a human mini shield. I'm... I kind of like the goo. I kind of want to keep the goo. You'll keep the goo if you want. I don't know what's going to happen once it starts hardening, but go for it. I think that the goo is just their first present to us in this new universe. I'm sorry, when did Finnick become the optimist? Well, where fools rush in, ah, he's rushing. He's rushing, gotcha. Fook prestidigitates himself. I am Southern Tyronian, thank you very much. Once you get the, the goo off you, the wounds of your previous battles don't seem to be there. You feel as though you are rejuvenated and hale and hearty. Hank collects some of the goo off himself and creates a goo beard, but then cleans the rest of the goo away. Uh, Finnick uh, takes the goo from his face and tastes it. Yeah. <laughs> it is almost like ren- rendered fat. It's a bit like bacon fat. It doesn't taste as good, though. Mmm. It's like sweet pork rinds. Somebody who has arcane knowledge might understand what this goo is. Hank, uh, looking at the goo, gets a sense that it's interdimensional candy that you get for passing between planes of time and space. I'm just going to keep licking my beard. (laughs) But oddly enough, uh, Finnick, at some point in his life, must have read the back of some book in a library, no, a store, no, just in a a bathroom. He was reading a book in a bathroom. Mm, Books and bathrooms. Past the time. And it spoke of something like this, that this is the 
the plasma that exists between planes that it's almost the effluent of the interdimensional system itself. Hey, I read once in a bathroom reader that this is the effluence between realms. Can you define those terms? Yes. Bathroom, a place where where you go to, you know, void certain things. Oh, that seems like a waste of a room. And bathroom reader is what you read in that bathroom. They have fun places to get a lot of reading done. Seriously, seriously, do you guys have some sort of bowel disorder that you can't that you spend hours there reading? Well, no, it's just a, it's a really nice private place. I grew up in a very big caravan family. Find a and, nice and tree also, with some. Yes, yes, I, yes. Yes, I, yes, I do. I do have a bowel issue. Okay, see, that explains things, because otherwise, why not find a nice tree with some shade to read the book? Why I mean, sit I there? I spent most of my life living in the sewer. I just pop a squat anyway. I never really uh, you know what? the you muscles know, to hold it in. I don't like going to the bathroom outside. You can just use my bag. Oh, dear. Now, uh, just a reminder, I believe someone mentioned something about mind flares. So uh, stay close to me. Because I, I've got this little aura that can protect you. That's a good idea. I also remember somebody screaming in absolute agony. So Ooh, was maybe that any one of us? No. No. Oh, okay. Not, not this time. But we. But it might just be a hello. Let's go investigate. I doubt it's a hello. Yeah, everything might be nice. Just hedging my bets here. Okay. Well, let's go. You guys are at a dead end. There's only one way to go, and it's into the darkness. Finnick pops off in front, leading the group, but staying close enough to Fook. Within 10 feet, please. Yes, sir. I'd like to turn on a torch. So you are now emitting a glowing light of flame. Uh, I forgot that we're traveling with humans. What's your point? Are you humanist? You can see in the light, dark. Well, yes, in the dark, I'm I'm a gnome. We have uh, Finnick leading the party. Who's behind him? Fook is right in the middle so that everyone is protected by his aura. I'm right behind Fook because I can see over both of them. Hank's at the back, taking in all the sights, really enjoying his new beard. place. New place, new beard. Is that a weird way to say that Hank is just looking at everyone's butt? Yeah. Taking in the sights. Taking in the sights. You're gross. <laughs> Finnick is uh, skipping along the wall, just running his fingers along the wall, feeling the texture. And Fook is paying very close attention to the ground. Agata is walking behind Fook, wondering if she should just smack Finnick upside the head with her sword. La la la, going to say hi to the first thing that I see. This is so nice. What a fun wall. Looking at the looking at the ground, uh, it, this is all solid rock that has been sort of chipped away. Somebody or some people have obviously spent a long time digging this tunnel, but you feel that it hasn't been used for anything yet. But you can, if you pay very close attention, you can feel the little differences of the of the chisels that carved this out i feel like right now when like the lesser used section of this interdimensional cavern so maybe once we get to a place where there's more things there'll be things we should be more careful about hey you no backseat driving i'm just saying maybe maybe be careful maybe not like sing so loud well then maybe not talk to be fair, he's muttering, so I'm I don't know if that, that doesn't yeah. carry. The guy skipping along and singing to himself might be an a bigger issue. Yes, he'll attract I'm all the danger. That's true. I'm going to say hello. Anybody going to smack him upside the head? Doop, 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 doop. Hey, do you have any spells to mute somebody? Oh, no, unfortunately I don't. I'm oh. surprised they're not seeing flowers. This is such a nice optimistic place. Ugh. 
If I turned him into a fart, he couldn't speak. <laughs> That's a... We'd have to smell him. Not worth it. All right. I'll stay quiet. As soon as you say that, you begin to hear footsteps. You you hear like the clanking of metal. Something carrying something is headed, it sounds like, in your direction. Take to the shadows. I got a torch. Agata snuffs out the torch or turns it off. And Fook is the only one who can still see. Finnick climbs to the top corner of the thing to wait for whatever's there. After the torch is turned off, Agata uh, leans against the wall, like backs against the wall. Hank adds little tentacles to his beard and then stands against the wall pretending to be a Mind Flayer statue. As you huddle against the sides of this dark cavern wall, which isn't that wide, it's about just a little over seven feet wide, but you hear the trudging of a humanoid creature coming closer and closer. And it comes around the bend. And what Fook can see is a rather barbaric-looking human who's wearing, it looks like, furs and a leather helmet and he's carrying a pickaxe, but he's walking without a light, and he's walking without seemingly looking side by side. You don't think he's sensing anything around him, but he just trudges on past you, seemingly not noticing you were there. It was a thrall. What's a thrall other than... Someone's already taken over his brain. Are you sure it wasn't just a miner? Perhaps this is just a mine. No, he looked at least he, 30. Uh, he was full age. Yes. No, oh, yeah, yeah but... <laughs> okay. Yes, he's, his mind's been taken over by probably by the mind flares. And how would you know that? Because he seemed dumber than most. Again, how would you know that? Agata points at Finnick while saying this. He was walking through the darkness without even looking to the side as if something was guiding him. Oh, fair. Okay. He could just be a very direct and knowledgeable person. What? Seriously, when did you become such an optimist? Mm. Finnick, I've run into mind flares before. I've seen men die. How do you remember that? You never forget a mind flare. Plus, it was before that whole thing where I hit my head and my family died. Oh, okay. Mm. You hear from the direction in which you came the sound of metal on stone. The... You would reasonably assume that the thrall is now mining away. Shall we go the other direction from the thrall? Because if he's obviously not the problem, shall we find the source of the issue well, here? Well, yes, there's nowhere to go back there anyway. Yeah, we'd, we'd it was still a one just way. be yeah. oh, one way. Gotcha. going in the direction we were going. All right, so let's keep going in the direction we're going. Should I keep my torch off? Uh, yeah, maybe. But also just like don't touch any thralls. Just don't touch any of the thralls, you know? Don't poke them. Don't hug them no matter how hard you want to. Um, I think you probably just take that advice and we'll go do our things. Yes, guys, everyone form a line. Each of you put a hand on the other's shoulder and I'll lead the party. Okay, but I can't see where you are to form a line. <laughs> Follow my voice, Finnick. I, oh, oh. Oh, 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 that's not a shoulder. Uh, uh, not a shoulder. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, God, not very again. sorry. God damn you. <laughs> this is not my fault. <laughs> no, th- this isn't what I wanted to do. All right, oh. all right. No, I'm going to put down my staff and we'll just all hold the staff so touch no one staff. has to touch each other. Oh, goodness. It's just a staff. Yeah. And Fook leads them on. Uh, yeah. we're, like a, uh, we're like a kindergarten class holding a yellow rope. 
And Fook is again paying very close attention to the ground. Agata is trying to walk as quietly as possible. So as you go down this corridor, you begin to pick up some light in the distance. It gets a bit brighter as you get closer to it. And you it seems like lamplight, as though just around this corner there's a, an illuminated room. Finnick, now that he can see, breaks off of the group and again takes a spot towards the ceiling. Agata now also seeing the light uh, stays close to Fook, but no longer in a straight line. Fook zips up and puts the bag back on his belt. I'm sorry, I didn't think anyone would be able to see that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we heard it, buddy. We heard it. Were someone to poke their head around the corner, if they're very quiet, they will see a group of more of these sort of barbaric, primitive-looking humans all have very long hair and fur-covered garments and fur boots. Standing still, they aren't generally looking at each other. They are. They all have their arms at their sides. None of them are sitting. There are no chairs, but there are what looks to be hard stone beds around the sides of the walls of this square room. There's a large uh, passage leading away from it on the other side of the wall. And there are about six of these seemingly dazed, barbaric-looking people. Fook peeks his head around the corner. He sees exactly what I just described. Oh. Quite the party. So what are we supposed to do with six throbs? All right, I still don't think it's like a good idea to maybe walk in front of that many at once. Because if the flyer is looking through one of their eyes, then they would see us. And they're not throbs, they're thralls. Oh yes, and once a mind flayer sees something, every mind flayer has seen it. So they're all interconnected. Like a beehive. So if we were to kill one of them... No, it doesn't... all be very angry with us. Oh, okay. Yes. So no, it doesn't work that way. They don't, their there's no way we could kill connected. one of them, I think. No? Ooh. Like no. with, a, with no. a metal? I think we're outclassed, yeah. Why, why are we here? Remember there's a rock we really want to break? Oh, yeah, the rock yes. we have no, to break. We have to well, find it goes back before that. It's because someone wasn't willing to sacrifice themselves for the world. I, um, s- I was willing to. You guys said I didn't have to. You were not willing to. Yeah, but when somebody says you don't have to, but we'd appreciate it, you, you didn't say that. you'd appreciate it. You just said that. They, uh, well, it's it like when you say come to my birthday it. party, but you don't have to bring a present. You, you have to bring a you present. Have you don't present. have to bring a present. Uh, I'm have talking to about it. my birthday party. I, I asked you guys if I have to sacrifice myself for the world, and all of you guys said no. So we said you seem pretty no, reluctant. I guess not. Well, uh, did you look forward to the idea of spending 300 years slowly being tormented? No, but I would have done it I if said that I was, was the only visit. option. I would visit, bring games. Fook walks into the room, the uh, walking as if he's a thrall. Ah, oh, jeez, Fook. He follows him in uh, quickly, also acting like a thrall. So Fook and Finnick both sort of trudge into the room with their arms at their sides, not really looking at anything. And aside from their clothing, don't really seem out of place. Um, Agatha, I, I don't want to say this, but I don't think we have the performance ability to pretend. Yes, I think my weapons and my armor kind of give me away. I was going to say it's more your personality. Really? Says the man who forcibly hugs people. Yeah, the thralls are, the thralls don't like that. I can't do it either. I'm saying I can't get out there. Okay, so what are we going to do here? Uh, I could guiding bolts then. No, don't, don't. 
there's like six of them and then, then they all see us and then everyone in the building comes by. Uh, okay. We gotta get them to look some way. Once Finnick and Fook have stepped into this room, they get a sense that something is behind them. They get a sense that they're being, that there's something just out of their vision that is standing behind them. Finnick, do you have a mirror? Uh, yes. See what's behind us. Finnick reaches into his bag and pulls and just nudges out a mirror and looks into it. He sees nothing behind him. I see nothing. But wait, check this out. Finnick sees that the thralls are not really moving, the six of them. So he goes and starts an activity on the sidewall, picks up a pickaxe, and just starts whacking away. They immediately turn to look at you. As does Fook. Finnick keeps on going at it as if he's thralled. The one closest to you walks up, grabs the pickaxe on your backswing, and holds it. Hank pokes his head around the corner to see if they're all looking at Finnick right now. They are all looking at Finnick. Hank attempts to scamper behind all the thralls while they're all looking at Finnick. As soon as you take about four steps in, one of the thralls standing closest to the back turns and points. As does Fook. As does Finnick. You hear a guttural moan coming from the thralls now. Hank points to his beard that he's tried to make look like a mind flare and makes his best impersonation of mind flare sounds. Agata, watching this, just shakes her head in the shadows against the wall. One of the thralls closest to the door begins to move away from you with a sense of purpose and speed that you haven't seen other thrall, the other thrall moving with. Fook follows that thrall. Just outside the door, there's a bell that he's moving towards. Is Fook going to move out of line of sight of the other thralls when he follows this guy? Yes. Then he is going to tackle this guy as soon as they are out of line of sight. Okay. You manage to jump on this guy's back, and he sort of stumbles down to the ground. There's a bit of a kerfuffle, but he's not the type. He's not doesn't have the uh, the ability, the the brain power to like scream out or anything. Fook is going to uh, manipulate this in such a way that he can slip the bag of holding over this thing's head. <laughs> he's able to wriggle away as you as you move your hand sort of off him to grab the bag. He's able to start wriggling away, and he's going to try to ring the bell. So Fook is, even though he's starting to get up. You're able to, once again, jump on his back and in one... Scale fluid. him like a mountain. You scale this <laughs> mountain of a man. And with one fluid motion, you get the bag of holding over his head, killing him instantly. Wait, how does the bag of holding over his head kill if him? If you put something alive into a bag of holding, it dies. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Okay. Great. So uh, Finnick, seeing that, they're all, that the rest are all turned looking at uh, Hank, Finnick just stares. No, because he was already pointing at Hank. Fuck. He just continues pointing at Hank. Whatever. Yeah. Now, now I think Hank's got to figure out a way out of this. Right. Hank, noticing that none of the thralls seem to be reacting to his mind flare impersonation, 
just waves at them and then casts Cloud of Fog to fill the room with a dense mist. Nobody can see anything in this room anymore. It is completely foggy. Great. Finnick pulls out his dagger and slips it into the guy directly in front of him. So with the dagger going into the the back of this barbaric-looking person, you are now in a 20-foot room filled with fog that you can't quite see through. There are five of these barbaric-looking people. Um, and you are now in combat. You can't see anything in that's not directly in front of you. Great. So Finnick immediately disengages uh, to the wall. And so what is Fook going to do just outside the door? You've heard the scream. You've heard like the, the guttural noise. Fook still thinks escape is our best route here. So he's going to reach up to the bell, rip the clangor out of it, and then start to move away. Yep, you do that. Yeah, you pull the clangor right off and there's not a sound made. When Fook finishes that, he whispers back as loudly as he can to the group, let's get out of here. I'm going to say that Finnick and Hank probably can hear the whisper, but Agata probably wouldn't hear it from across the room. Uh, Hank, now covered with the fog, immediately scampers as quickly as he can towards where he saw the exit was and where Fook went. Anytime he runs into something, he just sort of dekes around it, does a little twirl, does a little hop to try to get past it. He's not letting anything slow him down. He's just heading towards the exit. But you do come very close to one of these thralls, and it's, it is alert, and it is ready, and as you pass by it, it's going to take a swing at you. The barbaric person's sword slices into Hank's back as he's running past him. I don't want to fight these guys. Just go. And we are now on to Agata, who cannot see into the room, can, uh, has not heard that... Uh, that they're trying to run away. Uh, just did. Yeah. Oh, right. Has heard that Hank is a coward, at least. <laughs> well, you heard whatever he said, and you make your decision based on what you heard. Okay. Agata would probably throw a guiding bolt to the group as she last saw them standing, the group of thralls, and then run towards the exit. So throw a guiding bolt and bolt. <laughs> Agata launches her guiding bolt into the fog. It is briefly visible to two of the thralls and Hank sees it pass right in front of his eyes, flash in front of his eye and then fizzle into the wall. And then Agata runs. Agata manages to plow right through and makes it to the other side of the room without anybody being able to see her. She doesn't come very close to anyone or any of the furniture. You just make it right through. One of them, the one who has a big seeping dagger wound in his back is sort of swinging blindly with his sword and this one this only this one is well within range of Finnick he swings blindly so blindly in fact that he's it's almost as though he doesn't really know what he's attacking but he's used has the muscle memory of attacking a, a regular human so he swings above your head twice just to be safe Finnick ducks each time keeping an eye on the sword as it comes out of the mist and it sort of wanders away again Finnick breathes a sigh of relief <sighs> alright I'm coming and sneak dashes towards the group Finnick is able to dash on through Nobody comes close to him. He has almost a sixth sense now for these guys because he's gotten so close to them. And you are all on the other side of this room, standing beside the now 
unclanged bell. Let's sneak better from now on. Let's just sneak to a better degree. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. What? Fook from further up the hall turns back and says, Shh. Oh, sorry. It seems fine up here. Come on. Hank scampers to join Fook. Finnick sneak scampers to join Fook. Agata joins the group, but staying close to the wall. Back in the common area for about the next hour, the thralls will continually bump into each other into the mist, looking for foes that are not there, waiting for the alarm that was not rung. So they can't see through their eyes then? Not with fog around. Well, yeah, but did they see us come into the room, the mind flayers? Well, they saw that jackass. I think they can see. I think they're just dummies. No, but, yeah, I'm not talking about the thralls. I'm talking about the mind flares through their eyes. I think they have to be paying attention. Oh, okay. I'm not sure that they can see through a thrall's eyes. Yeah, because I feel like the nobody would have tried to ring a, a bell if they already knew that we were there. But it did feel like something was behind us for a while there. It did. But there was nothing because I looked. I didn't feel anything behind me. Granted, I just ran through that room. Yeah, you don't have the best perception. I'm sorry, no. what? Hmm? Let's find a rock and smash a rock. Why are we smashing rocks? That was because the that's that the was whole point of why we're in Because here. you're too oh, selfish to become a mummy. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you mean the stone. You smash the stone. The stone. We already have this stone. argument about me. I'm not selfish. I asked you guys if I should do it. You said no. Hank stares Agata straight in the eyes, reaches into his sack, pulls out a thesaurus, looks up the word rock, points to stone as being a synonym. Wait a sec. Is the thesaurus like a wizard's? Is that is that part of your thing? I when have I, books. To be fair, Wait. the thralls were chiseling stone, were chiseling rocks, so I thought you meant what they were doing, okay? When I asked you if you had toilet paper, you said no. But he has a... Th- oh, oh, oh. It is very important that I have a robust vocabulary. A, ro- a robust what? Vocabulary. vocabulary. But he can't say his vocabulary. You guys are really mean about my speech impediment. Let's keep going. I'm not. Thank you for that, Fook. Here, give me your shield, Fook. This is, it's kind of important to me. Just for a second. Uh, does they trust Agata? <laughs> Agata adds an item on the bottom of uh, Fook's shield that says, make fun of Hank's speech impediment. Yeah. So to be clear, you're taking time out of your day to change Fook's personality to make him a bully? No, just to make fun of your, your speech impediment. I'll erase it after a day. <laughs> Finnick uh, has scampered a little bit ahead. Scampered. But stealthily, uh, trying to see if there's any more lights at the end of any more tunnels that he can see. There, Now that you're sort of in the lair proper, there are torches on the walls, which seemingly have been infused with magic or some other chemical agent because the wall- light is ne- sort of purpley as it burns. So you come around another bend and another sort of chamber opens up. You see, it looks like it's a long sort of rectangular room. You're at one end of it. At the other end, there's another. There are two passageways that you can see opening up to the left and to the right. On the sides of the walls, dug into the stone, seem to be cells because there are barred, gated doors. In sort of the middle of the room, you see large stone slabs that are covered in viscera and bones. There are piles of clothes beside them. 
you see that there's sort of flickering light at the end, but you don't see anybody. There's no creatures standing in, but you do hear rustling movements from inside the cells. Uh, Finnick peeks his head back around the corner. Guys, you might want to come. I think we found the Thrall kitchen. I was going to say, is this the kitchen? What was that, Marble Mouth? As you walk into this room, Finnick is able to get 10 feet ahead without making a noise. But as the rest of you are trying to sort of leave the passageway, you bump into each other and there's sort of the clang of your swords and your That's gear. my foot! And Fug exclaims about his foot. And you hear more rustling from inside the inside the cells. And you see an arm, a ragged, raggedly clothed, thin, emaciated arm reach out. Help! You hear from inside. Uh, I think we should help this person. But well, can, can you be a quiet person that we help? Help! We can't help you if you yell and, uh, and call everybody here, so shh. Finnick, can you pick the lock? Yeah, of course. Uh, you managed to. It's a fairly primitive, it's fairly normal padlock that's on this door, so you're able to uh, stick your tools in and rustle around. Eventually, you hear the click of the lock, and the padlock opens. All right, see, it's easy. All I got to do is stick my tool in, and uh, and it opens up. You, no, I'm not commenting on that one. That sounded like a sex reference. Yes, that's why I said I'm not commenting on that one. Now, sir, if you are looking to escape... Use I'll... your words. I was. No, speak like a human. Oh, can you erase that? Because it's really mean. <laughs> okay, okay. Pook, can I see your shield just for a second? Oh, yes. Here you go. I got it. Erases the last edition <laughs> about Hank. Uh, thank you. And uh, now, sir, uh, can you see well through fog? Because if you want to escape, you're going to have to go through fog and not run into anybody. Please help me. They took me from my home. They, they, they changed people. The voice is speaking, and when you peer into the cell, is a small child who's sort of huddled up against the back. Uh, it's wearing rags, and it doesn't look like it's eaten much lately. It is it. Does it have a gender? You would physical. guess male. Okay. But it's a small child, and maybe you can let it make its own decisions about who it wants to be. Oh, a child. Uh, hello, my name is Fook. Finnick pulls out a mint and tosses it to him. Here, little buddy, eat. I'm not taking a pill. I'm not taking the pill. Not taking the pill. Oh, no, 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 no. This isn't a, a pill. This is just a mint. See? It, Agata takes one of the mints and eats them herself. It's to make your breath smell good because you've been in there for a very long time without brushing. Because that's a concern. Really, Finnick? I don't really? know if I'm going to be hanging out with him. Oh, goodness gracious. Guys, I, I've heard rumors about what mind flayers do to people. Mm-hmm. Not only do they eat their minds, but they also transform other races into themselves. That's how they reproduce. Oh, do you have a home to go to, little child? The, the city out, the, the town outside, the, they came and they took us in the night. What was the name of this town? Uh, you don't know where you are? We're, we're just under Eberique. For Agata and Fook, something clicks in their mind when they hear the word Eberique. It is an old name. It is the name of the city upon which Tudo was built. Oh, wait. No, I did actually hear about Eberik. Wait. Tudo is built hush, on its... Hush. Mm. Oh? Uh-huh. Yes, we can get you back to Eberik. Oh, that... I'll do anything to help you there. If you just get me back... Did you see my father? 
No, but maybe we maybe he's back in the city. Why don't you follow us? And he we're was taken with us, and they they did something to him on the slab. Okay, well, let's get you out of here first, little guy. He has long hair. Fook moves over to the slabs and starts investigating. Yeah, you see a bunch of medical instruments, it seems, on the slabs. Uh, there are some chemicals like formaldehyde and other ones you don't recognize you've never seen before. Uh, this looks almost like an operating theater would be set up, but this does not seem like a place of healing to you. Finnick looks for anything valuable. Some The instruments that they have are very fine. Uh, they are well-made and well-crafted. No signet rings or anything like that? No uh, imaginary dukes. There's a... No, I just mean to see if there's a family. So. In the pile of clothes, it's just... These are... are they're furs. There's a, like just woolen clothing. Boots of a rough leather. There's sort of a long... Almost like a short sword, but it's got a blunt end. And it's, it's like a very long, act, very long knife. Uh, if those who know about history would recognize this as a CX, which isn't something that's been used for hundreds of years. I wonder what year it'll be when we go back. Oh, oh, I just thought of that. What do you mean you just thought of that? Well, I might never see Da again. He's Dad. a little dumb. Things occur to him a little slower than the rest Good of point. us. Good point. Well, no, yes. this is the first time that's been brought up. You can't say that. <laughs> well, that's because the rest of us had figured it out. Elder, Elderic was, was built on... Uh, 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 sorry, to... to Stay right. away from the child. What do you mean go... Time, year, it's always... Um, it's gang slang. Yeah, it's just... It's just we're in a just, gang. It, I was told to stay away from gangs. We're a good no, gang. No, we're not a I gang. I say no to drugs. Yes. We work with Santa Claus. Oh. What? Who? Who? Oh, well, never mind. To be fair, we killed Santa Claus. But, <laughs> um, I mean, nothing. No, we're good guys. We're not a gang. Say no to drugs. Your parents were right. Let's get so on with it. So are we bringing this child with us? Or I guess we, we have back? to. We're not going to leave him. to. Yes, and we can't go back. No, I we mean, can't go back. The entire city going to be quiet, though. I don't have a sticky I'm not, mint. I'm not killing a little child, well, so let's I keep going. I have an idea. Oh God. oh, God. He's going to hug the child. Have you heard of the quiet game? Oh, oh! But I've never won at it. It's I'm not very hard. It's a very hard game to win at. Only the most talented little boys or girls can ever win the quiet game. And if you lose it, we cut out your tongue. Stop! No! Don't! Oh. No! No, little, ch no, little boy. We're not going to cut out your tongue. Agara gives Fook well, a dirty look. The stakes are a little high right I now. I understand that, but we're not harming a little child. Just tell you what. I'll play you if you can be quiet longer than I can. Oh, God. Then you win. Hey, little boy, we're going to try and get you out of here. Can you just be quiet while we do it? Thank you. So we don't attract the monsters. That's what we're trying to do. Okay. We're not cutting out the kid's tongue, guys. Not if he yeah, plays we're game, playing right? the quiet game. This is a child. You is just lost. Okay. The little boy is going to win by being the quietest. He understands that there are monsters and that we'd want to be quiet so that they don't come. Can we keep going now? And the longer you play, the more cookies I'm going to give you. And he gives him a soggy hard task. Oh, oh this, God. This Fook slaps it out of his head. And they move on. All right. So there were two exits leading out from this. One to the left, one to the right. Righty-tighty, lefty-loosey. That does not help our situation oh, uh, to make sex jokes right now. What? Well, I've always preferred That's a mechanics tight. joke. Yeah. Or a... What? What? <laughs> Finnick looks down either hallway. 
Uh, you see the same purple light torches. Uh, there's sort of they both curve. All these hallways are very built on curves. There's no right angles, really, that you see in this. Hey, everyone, quiet game. Finnick listens down either hallway. If you lean down the left, you hear... You can hear the sound of metal on stone. Uh, there's grunting and sort of uh, guttural noises. Great. There's more throbs to the left. Thralls mm. to the left? Mm-hmm. Okay. What about to the right of me? To the right, there is a hum. There's a, there's a sort of you hear bubbling. You hear a hum. You almost, almost make out whispers. And there's something real ominous down that way. Oh, uh, anonymous child, have you ever seen a stone down here? Points everywhere. <laughs> no, a very special stone. Something out of the ordinary. Hank passes him a book and a pen to write with. He nods. Doesn't want to lose the game. <laughs> uh, but points up to one of the... Uh, points up to the wall above one of these slabs and there's a little like indentation and he points up at it. Little boy, also, you wouldn't happen to remember which was the way out. Is Did the monsters bring you? No. He shakes his head now at you. Fook investigates this slot in the wall. It looks as though it's carved to hold something. Uh, there's sort of a hexagonal shape to it. You think that something was once inside there. So what do you see? Well, it looks like it's meant to hold some sort of weird stone, but I don't know if putting the stone in there would destroy it or empower it, or I don't know. Well, now we let know that we're looking for a hexagonal stone. I mean, it does narrow it down a little bit. Or is it the rock? It's a hexagonal rock. Or maybe there are two stones involved. So are we going left or right? I say right. Let's go to the ominous noise. Yes, ominous noise. I don't think the thralls hold anything of value for us. Nope, and lots of death. So let's go to the other ominous death noise. Finnick, lead the way. Finnick leads the way, ten feet in front. As you come around the next bend, you can see more lights. You can see that the chamber begins to open up. And whoever is first in this chamber will see that it is large. It is circular. The ceiling is very high and domed. There are large braziers along the wall to illuminate and give off light. And it is all centered around a large stone pool that is filled with a purple viscous liquid. And in the center of that is a giant brain. And you all feel inside your minds a voice that says, I've been expecting you. We have much to talk about you and I. This is not going to go well. This has been Caverns and Comedians, Dungeons and Dragons powered storytelling with Toronto Comedians. Starring Oliver Georgiou as Finnick the Rogue, Joanna Houghton as Agatha the Cleric, Scott Thrower as Fook the Paladin, Maddox Campbell as Hank the Wizard, and Kyle Scott as the Dungeon Master. This has been a Kicks and Giggles production created by Kyle Scott and Maddox Campbell, with editing by Maddox Campbell, theme music by Derek Baldwin, and engineered by Andrea Miller. Find out more at cavernsandcomedians.com, and please rate, share, and review the podcast. Thanks for listening.
Uh, thank you. What the hell is that? <laughs> yeah, that was very. <laughs> that sounded really douchey. I want to put it back. <laughs> oh boy! Oh. <laughs> I got... so suddenly became a British butler. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, fine. I'll, redo, I gotta I'll ta- redo my thank. I gotta take the shield back and <clears throat> writes it back on. There. No, we're leaving <laughs> that thank you there okay, just fine. as it is. Fine. Yeah, that was good. If you've enjoyed this podcast, you might also enjoy. Once upon a time, there was a gnome. Once upon a time, there was an elf. Once upon a time, there was a little. Once upon a time, there was a gnome. Once upon a time, there was a time. There was a once upon a time. There was an old rug. Once upon a time. 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 And no one lived happily ever after. Fairy tales for unwanted children. Find us on iTunes or at periodically.ca.